0: Studies suggest that dogs notice and try to help when people are upset or in danger. Cats, on the other hand, think it's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) I liked that joke.
1: Um, so uh, I got a fair amount of you're joking around. I'm contemplating our nation's cybersecurity, Jack. Yeah, this story got a fair amount of attention
0: attention yesterday. That the Russians had hacked into our (laughs) power grid and like ooched around just to see if they could do stuff, and then got out. Um, I do have uh, uh, someone in the in the in that world. I want to be very vague. Don't want to get anybody in trouble. Who said it's actually known that the electricity companies have unwittingly thwarted a lot of cyber attacks just by being so disjointed and poorly set up. They're so not well connected and put together in like any reasonable normal way, which they've been working toward for years that currently they can't nobody could get in and bring down gi- giant segments at a time.
1: Interesting. That's known within the world of uh power grids. On that confidence inspiring <laughs> note, let's turn to Rebecca Smith, the author of that piece in the Wall Street Journal about Russian hackers reaching into US utility control rooms. It's gotten a tremendous amount of uh, attention and a fine piece of journalism. Mrs. Uh welcome Rebecca. How are you? I'm great. How are you folks today? Terrific. Thank you for spending a couple minutes Until with Until the us. Russians turn the electricity off, we're fine. Yeah, well, so, <laughs> folks, enjoy the show while you can. Um, so tell us about uh, this hacking and how they got in and, and obviously how much access they gained.
2: Well, we know they got in as far as, in some cases, they were into the central controls of utilities. This would be like a control room operator. Think of it like air traffic control, where you're in position to... Uh, change the settings of pieces of equipment, and turn things off. So they could have caused blackouts. We don't know how many companies were affected, so we don't know how large that could have been. But it's clear that this has been a multi-year campaign to try to infiltrate utilities, steal designs and documents so that they understand how systems are put together, and put themselves basically in the catbird seat.
0: Yeah, the, uh, the highly placed source that I have said, luckily... Their systems are so incredibly clunky and outdated, it makes it difficult to uh, to hack into it. But, you know, the further, the, the, more, the, more, the, the better our systems get and more updated they get, I suppose the easier it'll be for them to hack into. Yeah, did you run into that much, Rebecca?
2: Well, see, I wouldn't agree that the systems are badly put together. I'd say what we have is, uh, is the world's largest machine, which is the electricity grids in North America. And there are three big ones. Um, it, but it's hundreds of companies with their own little systems that have been stitched together. So we have very robust systems in terms of moving electricity around. But the problem is a lot of this stuff was designed before there was any such thing as cybersecurity. So once you get in a network, it's kind of like a castle wall with a moat, right? If you can get past the moat and over the castle wall, then there are no defenses inside. And that's one of the problem that the utilities are confronting is once somebody gets in – how do they know that they're the enemy, and how do they get them out?
0: Well, and it would seem to me, since the NSA got hacked, I mean, some of the most secure stuff we've got, some of the most secure stuff on the planet has been hacked. It just, yeah. It's just, apparently, it's just something you can't stop.
1: So, Rebecca, he asks with a bit of sarcasm, uh, what incredibly clever methods did they use to penetrate these networks?
2: Well, on the surface, it's not very clever. They use an old technique called spearfishing, which means you get information on people, enough that you can send them maybe you break into some small company's email server and then you you pose as that company and you send emails to to in this case utilities trying to get those employees to open up documents and this then begins the infection of malware it's a very old technique but it still works because you got the human factor there we like to open our emails right
1: sure so they i understand they would target vendors here are these folks who sell us yeah. wires, to cite a, a silly but obvious example, and you'd see those emails. It's from my old buddy I've been doing business with for years, and, and and there you go. The Russians are off and running.
2: Right, and they'd start out with little vendors that don't, you know, these are small businesses. They don't have a lot of, of cybersecurity protections. They don't, they're don't. they focused on the day-to-day business, not trying to keep the Russians out. I mean, I'm sure that would never cross their minds. So they get a, an easy point of, of connection, they get into the utility that way. Then the big challenge, and this is where it's not uh, child's play, they figure out ways after studying these systems to move from the IT side, that's email and business and billing, that kind of stuff that faces customers, into the operations side. That's the hard part. And they found very clever, and I couldn't really explain it in a minute, but it's very complicated how they jump to the OT side, as they call it, the
1: operations Rebecca Smith of the Wall Street Journal is uh, with us.
0: Isn't it just inevitable that in probably the near future, Russia, China, and North Korea, somebody shuts down a, a, a giant section of the country's electricity, and it takes us a week to figure it out, or shuts down the stock market or something like that? It's just—it's going to happen, isn't it?
2: I, I think it's, it's a horrifying prospect, and you see what we've already saw was in 2015 and 2016, Russia shut down portions of the grid in Ukraine. Now, they've got a uh, sort of a simmering war there over their annexation of uh, Crimea. You may recall that happened in 2014. So we've been seeing them testing. That's their that's their playground. They test all this stuff in Ukraine, um, and unfortunately, most electric systems are are set up in very similar fashion. So if you can bring one down, you could you could bring others down.
1: So you've uh, you've told us that they essentially had their fingers on switches and could have done something. Did anything happen? And if not, why not?
2: We don't know. No, we, we, we can say that they didn't cause a blackout. Here's the problem. Once you're in a system, once you've had years to study it, you can figure out other attack methods. And the fear now is that while they were in there, yeah, sure, they didn't throw any breakers, they didn't turn off power. But they could have planted malware in places where it hasn't yet been detected. What we saw in Ukraine was the first attack in 2015, not that advanced. The one a year later, 2016, they had managed to set up automated programs that made things happen without any human interaction. So we don't know what's in our grid. And they're working hard to try to figure that out, but it's a big task.
0: I always have the same feeling on these cyber conversations like this. I know we've got the best aircraft carriers and the best rockets and the best bombs and the best planes and all this sort of stuff. I don't know where we rank in terms of the cyber stuff. I hope we're as good at it as the Russians.
1: Well, I and think or we're great. And an I al- think we're great. <laughs> well, that's good. But the allied question, Rebecca, is are, are no matter where they're coming from, are the bad guys just ahead of the good guys at this point in, in technology?
2: Well, they're sure ahead. of A lot of U.S. Companies. I mean, you know, again, You may think you're going to try to keep a casual hacker out, but what company says, I've got a staff to keep the Russian government out or the Chinese government that has thousands of people focused on this?
1: Right. Rebecca Smith, energy reporter for The Wall Street Journal, absolutely terrific piece, very interesting, and we sure appreciate you spending a couple minutes today, Rebecca.
2: Well, great, and there's more coming, so stay tuned.
1: Oh, we will indeed. Well done. Uh, Listen, on a personal note, the Wall Street Journal uh, subscription, the electronic subscription, is not cheap. But if you're a news junkie, it's worth it. Oh, yeah. Because they don't just report on business, if that's your perception. They they do great, serious, long-form journalism on all sorts of stuff around the world. Yeah,
0: it's the most expensive newspaper I pay for, but it's good.
1: Um, uh, Claim it's for your job somehow. If you're in a business, you got to read it. It's probably deductible.
0: Um, I remember David Sanger saying one time, and he's the expert on this cyber stuff for the New York Times, and that... On all the other stuff, we're, we're, we're miles ahead of everybody. But on cyber, it's pretty even playing field between us, Russia, and China. That was that. a couple of years ago. I don't know
1: where it is now, but that's troubling. The idea of hacking into something, and the U.S. has done it quite famously, the Stuxnet virus in, uh, around their uh, nuclear program. The idea of hacking into something, planting the malware, Gaining a full understanding of the system with nobody knowing it, and then just tiptoeing out the back door, having everything you need, and waiting. Like we did do Iran on their nuclear stuff. Right, it's a chilling thing. Yeah. It's a chilling thing. I'd say. Yeah. Tell you what... Um, It's difficult to know exactly how to react to this. Should every critical—well, I think they already do. I was going to say, should every critical piece of infrastructure have a an instantaneous backup power plan? I think, like hospitals have generators to keep you know the little babies you know in the incubators alive and that sort of thing.
0: I think we get as much stuff off the internet as possible. Back to paper. How, how did we run the power grid before we had the Internet? Do it that way. Mm. How did we do uh, voting before we had the Internet? Do it that way. I it's think like that's when you see pictures
1: of North Korean technology and they're still looking at analog readouts and graphs and needles and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. but
0: uh, Like they do in D.C. where everybody, you know, uses actual letters and mails and post-it notes because they know all
1: emails hackable. Mm-hmm. I think we need to go backwards to, this is the best way to protect yourself. Well, we've heard the Russian intelligence services are. You type up memos and you carry them down the hall.
0: Now, is there a reason we can't do that? Maybe somebody could explain it. But you know, we had we had power grids running this whole country for a long time without being hooked up to the internet. Let's do it that way.
1: Well, I, mean, I have a feeling there are ginormous benefits to doing it all electronically. Um, how about enormous the enormous
0: downside?
1: Well, all right, I know we've just got a, a couple generations of people who don't know from uh, analog readouts and then needles. When
0: you're keeping the paper files on a thousand people, it is much more sustainable than if you're keeping the paper files on a million people. And a lot of this transfer to digital away from analog seems to coincide with the fact that there's just so many people <laughs> that need so many things. Yeah, well. People
1: who need people. Computers
0: have created so much more paperwork as opposed to oh. less. But that that's the only thing that seems like a good answer to me. They guarantee you that the Chinese can't hack in. We don't have we're not hooked up to the internet right here I hope we're doing that with some of our technology so that they can't hack in and stop our uh, you know whatever our best bomber is from
1: being able to fly Pennsylvania teacher slammed for Nazi wrestler persona the surprising number of people who die falling from trees Oof. also a powerful powerful note from one of our active duty service people I like all that Yeah, we've got to to cram it in if we can. So that one thing's a list of the way people die? Well, it's uh, eight surprisingly common causes of
0: death. I want to hear that today, because I want to avoid that. All right. I'm really into avoiding that. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Armstrong and Getty. The Conscience of the Nation.
0: I was looking for the article that I'd seen on um, how the crappy old computer systems our power grid uses is actually a benefit, but I came across this article from uh, about a year and a half ago on one of the world's best hackers said, our U.S. nukes are mostly protected by our incredibly outdated computer um, technology, and he suggested don't update it. They're still running eight-inch floppy disks to, uh, to handle all our, our nuke stuff. The 8-inch floppy disks, which make the little floppy disks look like, you know, the new Apple MacBook Pro. <laughs> right, exactly. But this hacker said, don't change it. He said, there, as long as you've got enough floppies, and apparently they did. He said, there's no reason you can't run this system for another 40 years. Yeah. But we can't hack this
1: system. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure the government can overpay somebody to make more floppies if it becomes necessary. Hey, speaking of articles, uh, Rebecca Smith of the Wall Street Journal, in a lovely, lovely gesture to you, our friends, is sending us the, uh, the the article in a non-paywally form, so that if you want to read the whole thing about the Russians hacking into our electric grid, you can. Give us a few minutes to post it up at armstrongandgetty.com. Got a great tease right we'll here. We'll get it to uh, everybody's station and everything.
0: I'll just hit you with the headline. We'll get to the story later. DMV worker literally slept on the job for nearly four years. Yes,
1: yeah, awesome. Stay tuned for that. Yeah, I have another uh, state employee in corrupt California who was making three hundred gur just to be a driver. You paid for it, suckers. <laughs> Keep voting for bigger government. Eight surprisingly common causes of death here, Jack. Oh, there's nothing funnier than people getting snuffed. Yeah, sometimes it's the way you gets snuffed. Very dark. Um.
0: It's like why don't eat clown, uh, lions eat clowns cuz they taste funny. It's that it's that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Oh my.
1: Unfortunate and insensitive to our clown community. Uh you know the, the My son
0: both my boys were talking about how creepy clowns are. Oh, they just became aware of mimes. And I hit him with a little stuck in a box. Oh, nice. Which they really found amusing. Did you him the walking in a windy day? Did you do that one? You leaned forward. It's because oh, it's because on uh Captain Underpants Ran into a mime and he saw a mime on the street and he said, That man is stuck in that box. Somebody help him. And he runs up and he
1: punches the guy right in the face. I've broken you out. Oh, irony. <laughs> His own craft befalls him. So um, uh, the Centers for Disease Control keeps exhaustive records uh, detailing how Americans die. Morbid and fascinating once you uh, work your way through cancer, heart disease, and other familiar causes of death. It gets more interesting. Mm. Uh, some strange things start to appear, including several subcategories devoted to deaths related to, for instance, three-wheeled motorcycles as opposed to other motorcycles, etc., mm. uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Some of the most unusual causes of death that are still surprisingly common. Um, And this is a 15-year period, 1999 through 2014. Falls involving ice skates, skis, roller skates, or skateboards. He's actually dying. Yeah, 1,139 wow. in 15 years. Yeah, Honestly, I have guessed it was more.
0: Yeah, that's not very many over oh. 15 years. How about fall from tree? So you got less than 100 a year in a big country. So. Right.
1: It's significantly more... About fourteen hundred falling from a tree. I don't know if those are, are all lumberjacks, which is one of the most dangerous
0: professions. My best friend fell out of our treehouse when I was a kid, and uh, landed on his back, and I was scared to death. I think he easily could have died if he'd have landed yeah. on his head; he'd have been dead.
1: Could be, yeah, yeah. Um.
0: I fell out of a tree. Jeez, parents. how did I forget? This is one of the scariest things ever happened in my life. I had this thing for a while. I don't know how many days or weeks it was. It's hard to remember when you're a little kid. And I know where we were living, so I must have been five or six. I'd go out to this tree that had a branch on it, and I'd wear my jacket with a hood. Yes. And I'd climb up in this tree, and I would hook my the back of my jacket on this thing that stuck out of the branch. And then I would just, like, hang there. And I could <laughs> pretend like I was Superman <laughs> flying. <laughs> And uh, I would just hang there by my neck, and I thought it was so cool. Wow. I was out there completely by myself, which gets back to that whole <coughs> childhood today versus childhood then. Yes. I was away from the house down by a creek, up in a tree, hanging, hanging from yourself. a branch, yes. as opposed to, you know, never leaving the house and only supervised activity. Wow. But one day, the little branch broke, and I fell,
1: scared the crap out of me, and really hurt. Wow. <laughs> Tape of the incident. Did you uh, hit any branches on your way down? Yeah, just... that's probably what saved me. Right. Yeah, oh boy. Yarg, you certainly could have lost an eye or something. And that's why we kept our kids locked in our houses all day long, so they don't do that sort of thing. Like little veal calves. So that's 1,413. This is my least favorite. Caught, crushed, jammed, or pinched in between objects. Oh. Yeah, getting squashed. 1,842. Oh. Let's just move past that one, because it's horrifying. Oh, God, I'd say. Cause of death, K59.0. Constipation. Listed as the cause of death. Elvis is it you get so stopped up you explode or is it like s a s straining at stool i don't know because that's a heart attack or stroke or whatever god what an se way to go oh boy no pun intended no pun, no pun completely intended stool accidental the whole sup- point of me saying that was the intended pun oh really yes <laughs> how disappointing <laughs> <laughs> accidental suffocation and strangulation in bed. Oh my! 10, God. Ten thousand two hundred and six. No it, way. Is way
3: it, is that the uh, the old? Uh, hey, maybe we'll get a safe word sort
0: of thing
1: going around a little bit. I don't know. I I don't. Accidental. Know. I I. Uh, is that
0: getting wrapped in the bed sheet?
1: I, yeah, it may be, and it's not clear to me. Not to be too dark, but that this is just adults. Oh, okay. if you know what I'm Got saying? You. Uh, so it's okay. tragic. Uh, But fall involving bed, 10,386, that's got to be... Falling out of bed. Or or into it, I suppose, but get a new mattress. Um, uh, 10,386, that's got to be old folks, right? Jeez. There's also uh, uh, almost 2,000 more deaths from those that fall from, out of, or through a building or structure. Out of or through? I get out of. From... Out of or through? Through. Was I just in a fist fight with the Hulk and he threw me seven miles? (laughs) Really? No kidding. Or uh, is that like elevator shaft uh, deaths or what? I don't know. know.
0: These are all sucky ways to
1: go. Yeah, try to avoid the caveman death, as they say. Yeah, tell you what, I, I if I think about this too much, it'll make me Looney Tunes. But I was driving home a couple of days ago, and uh, the, the guy had d- debris like barrels of crap and chunks and and bundles of crap in his truck, and it just started flying out. Oh, people were swerving and breaking, and guy missed hitting me by an inch. I thought, okay, I'm hit, and it didn't happen. And I thought, oh, I'm not hit. But you think, what if I left 30 seconds earlier or later? Yep. Wouldn't have happen? You can make yourself crazy. stuff coming out of a truck on a motorcycle and you're done. Then somebody Ooh, throws yeah. you through a building and you're dead.
0: What's coming up in your news, Marshall?
3: Al Trump blasted away at the secret Trump-Cohen tape and more proof
0: it's good to work for the state. Oh, good Trump point. responding to the Cohen tape. I want to hear this coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Transplant experts believe Elon Musk has spent at least $20,000 on his hair transplant. Why not? You're a billionaire. Sure. There he is. Back in the day, there he is now. So he clearly...
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, good for him. I spent like uh, $9,500 on mine. If I could get a good one, I'd get one.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't want to have to comb hair and wash it.
1: No, I'm kidding. It's mine. My horror. Stay tuned. 36-year-old middle school teacher who was a semi pro wrestler under the name Blitzkrieg, the German juggernaut. A uh, Nazi character. Apparently people object to that.
0: Oh boy. I want to hear about that DMV worker that slept for four years. I know Marshall's (laughs) got that in his news right now.
3: Well, he is outraged. President Trump is firing back at his longtime personal attorney, Michael Cohen, after the release of that recording that Cohen secretly made of a conversation between the two men. Trump tweeting today, What kind of lawyer would tape a client? So sad. Is this a first? Never heard of it before. Why was the tape so abruptly terminated? Well, I well, I was presumably saying positive things. I hear there are other clients and many reporters that are taped. Can this be so? Too bad! Exclamation point. Now, Trump's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, claims Cohen stopped recording at the time he did because he knew Trump would clear himself by what he was going
1: on to say. What? All right, I I don't don't. care what Rudy says. I don't care what Michael Avenatti says. I don't particularly (laughs) care what what, uh, what's his name Cohen says.
0: Well the other stuff Rudy was saying I was buying at least to a certain extent. This one is complete crap. Cohen never foresaw his relationship with him and Trump going this far Sideways right, so he wasn't
1: and in this way that's just silly, right
3: and I got to tell you' it's a it's a nasty world we live in these days. A the vandals destroyed President Trump's star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. The LA police say it happened around 3:30 uh, a.m. on Wednesday, and subsequently somebody was taken into custody. there was no more information about the person who carried out the uh, vandalism, but a pickaxe was used to break
1: up the star. Because Trump's like Hitler. This is the most important election. We're under threat. Safe space. I'm scared. You know, I was listening to CNN this morning. God help me. And uh, they had some, uh, they had a couple experts or commentators or jabbering humans on. And the one jabbering human was uh, denying, uh, uh, what's his name, Uh, James Comey's point of view, that the Democrat Party is swerving far too far left toward the Democrat socialist thing. And. And she said, well, listen, in a time like now where much of the Republican Party has gone full white nationalist, we really need... Oh, my God. Wow. Number one, that is patently ridiculous to claim that. Number two, that is so incredibly damaging. You are inciting people to riot, to hurt each other and hate each other, to make incremental electoral gains. You people are morally bankrupt. It's disgusting
3: it's pretty rough well it turns out an employee at the california dmv is accused of sleeping on the job for thousands of hours a report from the state auditor found the employee had slept at her desk for three or more hours every day since 2014 taking a nap and she was supposed to be actually performing routine data entry her bosses were apparently aware she was sleeping as they had to often wake her up throughout the day but they didn't have
0: any idea just how much sleep she was getting anybody in the private sector how much uh, sleeping do you get to do at work and if you got more caught, or less
1: than three hours a day
0: if you got caught by your boss with the reaction just be well that's just Jim he just sleeps at work well I'm a sleeping pill tester so <laughs> I don't think I should be included in this study well, like, seriously, Ooh. only in government would that be, well, she sleeps, so what are you going to do? We're in no uh, hurry here. I can here. get it about 45 minutes and, in. It, yeah. does, it doesn't... <laughs> slow moments during the yeah. show. Yeah, we know. It doesn't matter how much work we actually get done. It doesn't have matter how many of our customers, uh, people that are paying right. our salaries, right. we actually see. It doesn't make any difference. Nope. Well, apparently
3: there were questions raised about a possible medical condition, so now she has been given
1: a warning to stay awake. There you go. After three years, stay thousands awake. of hours of wasting taxpayer yes. money, yes. you're told to stay awake in the future. You know, that's a nice sister story with this one uh, from California. Taxpayers spent almost $300,000, that's about $814 a day, to provide a car and driver to state controller Betty Yee in fiscal 2016 and seventeen. California Highway Patrol's near round-the-clock protection of Yee and the state's six other statewide constitutional officers highlighted when there's a little car wreck. Yes, that's right. The state controller, who nobody cares about, costs you $300,000 a year for a driver, inexplicably. That's incredible. That's I mean, just theft of taxpayer money. Oh, yeah, yeah. CHP records show more than $1.6 million is currently budgeted for protection of the six down-ballot officers. That means everyone but Governor Jerry Brown, he's the only one not required to reimburse the CHP for security services, et cetera. Et cetera. Yee is budgeted for up to $360 a year, $986 a day, the highest of any of those officers.
0: That is incredible. That it, is, that is just the sort of stuff that caused the French Revolution. Man, it's just incredible.
1: It is absolutely astounding. They just don't care. They squander no, and, and every they, penny they want to. Well,
0: right. They don't care. And often, I mean, they all should care, right. but often it's the party that is so worried about, you know, more schools for the, this, this kid or more help for the downtrodden here or whatever. You're right. wasting 300 grand a year on just nothing. You might as well burn that
1: money. How many kids are. Or old people or sick people could you helped with that money. And uh, what is the only possible way to end that? The taxpayers rising up and demanding it end. So let me think, as a corrupt politician, what would I do to prevent that? Hmm, I would cook up some sort of noble-sounding reason to narrow the tax base as much as possible so there are never enough taxpayers, or significant taxpayers, to cause me any political harm. Such is the genius of Corruptifornia's utterly crooked politics.
3: That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation.
0: Thank you, squawky.
1: Squawky the Eagle, in spite of the discouraging, discouraging evidence all around him, that the democracy and freedom are under threat. He squawks on.
0: Yeah, so maybe if you're just tuning in, you don't know about this uh, Cohen tape that got released, where you actually hear the president talking with his lawyer. We're going to talk to Aaron Blake of the Washington Post about that coming up. The Trump people asked for this to come out, which is interesting. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: Armstrong and Getty.
0: The conscience
1: of the of, nation. of the nation. when it comes time for the financing, which will be... What We'll have to pay. So, no, 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 no,
0: no. I got... No, no, no. So, Trump says no, no, no. cash, no, 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 no. or says not cash, and then the very last word, Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani, texted the Washington Post uh, this morning, I guess, and argued that Trump says check there at the end of the exchange. I thought, thought I heard the word check there, although, I don't know. Um... And Giuliani says, just have the patience to play it three or four times. Have an expert listen with high-quality equipment. You'll understand what's being said there.
1: Well, here's an expert with high-quality equipment. I presume he has high-quality equipment. <laughs> it's Aaron Blake of the Washington Post who has um, uh, listened to the transcript. Well, listen to the tape. Uh, he has the transcript with annotations and explanations. It's very helpful to understanding the story. And Aaron joins us now. Hello, sir. How are you? Good, thanks for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Aaron Blake is the Washington Post senior political reporter. So the Trump people wanted this to come out? Is that the the genesis of this?
4: Well, they came out with a transcript last night when uh, Michael Cohen's lawyer decided to give the audio tape to CNN. I think this was more about Trump's legal team wanting to put forward their version of what was said on the tape. Uh, their transcript, you know, the the, the recording is difficult to understand at points. There's a lot of talking over one another. A lot of it's open to interpretation as to what words are being spoken and what is being responded to. And so I think they were mostly trying to get out in front of the story and, and offer their interpretation of it before an alternate interpretation cemented in the public's mind. So I think that's what what that was hmm, about
1: that's here. a pretty good idea and it's probably worth pointing out to people who haven't heard the whole tape there are it's pretty mysterious what they're talking about most of the time
4: yeah it really is that the the part of the tape that actually has to do with buying Karen McDougall's story is very brief and at the end and it comes after they discuss a number of other things that aren't very clear it's also worth noting that they don't actually mention Karen McDougall or Playboy or an affair. Uh, they don't even mention the National Enquirer. There is one mention of David, who appears to be David Pecker, the, the publisher of the National Enquirer. There is also an allusion to 150, which appears to be $150,000, which is the amount that uh, Pecker paid for that story and apparently was the amount that was going to be paid for the rights to it from the National Enquirer. Uh, but a lot of this is is obscured behind code words. A lot of it is kind of... Uh, apparently assumed that the two of them knew what they were talking about, and and isn't spelled out explicitly, and so that leads to plenty of very different interpretations of exactly what they were talking about, and and I would add very plausible interpretations uh, on both sides of of this case right now. Well,
0: you got lawyers saying clearly this is evidence of a crime. You got Alan Dershowitz among other lawyers saying this clearly shows there's no crime. Then you have the political aspect of it, which is a completely different question.
4: Yeah, I think the the case from the Trump team is basically that this is a situation in which uh, the president was when when they talk about you know paying cash for this, uh, he said the president was basically responding to the idea that this would be financed. Michael Cohen brings up financing, and so they're saying basically he he didn't want it to be a loan or something like that. He was he was not sure why Cohen was talking about financing as opposed to just paying for it straight up. Uh, which is plausible if you if you listen to the tape. And so, uh, you know, there is a, a lot there. None of it is is damning. It's not a smoking gun uh, unless you know the rest of the story, which, of course, we know some things, but we certainly don't know as much as uh, as the Southern District of New York knows right now. Well,
0: here's our working theory, maybe. It's not a smoking gun, but it's enough that Cohen put it out there to say, look, here's proof that I have tapes, Mr. President, here's proof that I'm willing to release the tapes. Now, how about we talk about a pardon? And maybe he's got I, better, I better tapes that he's holding back. I he'd don't know. better. <laughs> he better because this tape's not that great.
4: Well, yeah, it, it, this it doesn't. It, it, we're not sure if he has other tapes uh, of him talking to the president about substantive things. Uh, if this is the most damning, it's certainly not probably the worst thing that could have happened to Trump. But it does show Trump that says worse things is, in
0: front of 40,000 people in an arena.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, it, does, it does show, though, and I think this is the key point here, which we talked a lot about last week, and, and it kind of got, you know, once the tape actually came out, it was kind of old hat. But this was something that Trump's campaign said that the president did not know anything about. He said he didn't know about the inquirer's deal with Karen McDougall to buy this story. That was a direct quote from Hope Hicks that he didn't know about this. We now see that he was talking, at least in broad terms, about something that sounded a lot like Karen McDougal's story being purchased. And, and so it, it raises all kinds of uh, questions, as many other Trump actions do, about whether there was a cover-up here, whether they were trying to obscure something that is problematic. Exactly what that might be is is just not clear at this point.
1: I was just going to ask, what is the darkest possible interpretation of this tape? Is that he <laughs> covers up affairs, then lies about covering them up? Or that there's some sort of crime? Uh,
4: you know, I think the the most likely uh, possibility would be that this was some kind of a campaign, this would be a campaign finance violation of some sort, which is, of course, what came up with the Stormy Daniels payment. You know, the yeah. idea that this was meant to influence the campaign uh, during but they didn't the get john edwards on
0: that and he had a worse situation it seems to me so it's kind of hard to nail that right. one down
4: yeah and campaign finance violations are are probably not the worst thing you can get caught doing uh but you know another uh you know like you said if this is the worst thing it's probably not the worst thing for trump it's not the worst thing trump is dealing with right now but it fills out the picture of a guy who seemed to be talking about you know things happening and then Maybe not being very forthcoming about them with the American public and, and and that whole thing.
1: Aaron Blake is with us, the Washington Post senior political reporter. Aaron, have you reached out to John Miller, Trump's a PR guy from <laughs> the eighties and nineties? I,
4: I, I did talk to John Barron. I haven't talked to John. Miller, oh,
1: John Barron—that was his name, right? No, it was
4: it was both. both of them. Actually. Oh, it was? Okay. He Both of them at, at individual points and. That was, what, that was interesting this morning, how the president was talking about how unusual it is that, uh, that, uh, that Michael Cohen was recording their conversations, which, yeah, it may be unusual. Generally, you would expect that your lawyer wouldn't have these recordings that he could hold over your head eventually. Uh, but Donald Trump himself was known for recording conversations, for, for being his fake own fake spokesman. Uh, this is not something that's completely uh, foreign to him as a as a businessman.
0: Boy, and the kind of stuff he probably had to do real estate in the New York area. He he might be he might be one of those people that assumes he's being taped all the time. Maybe that's where they were talking in such um, uh, hard to understand terms. Yeah.
4: Yeah, that was that was the thing that really caught my attention right away. Was it was all very coded. It was all very you know talking about that thing and all. Yeah, that Yeah, it info sounded like was,
0: Tony and Polly you know. Walnuts talking about. You get the the guy with the thing that that happened. You know,
4: that. <laughs> right, right. But but that, up, that also feeds the idea that there was something untoward going on here. If it was if this was all on the up and up, why wouldn't they just talk about it more openly? Mm. Uh, So one of the many questions we're dealing with right now.
1: That's the way my wife and I talk all the time, talking about groceries. I want her to get peanuts. I say, yeah, the crunchy little things. Do the thing with the crunchy things, right? (laughs) I think you're overly suspicious, Aaron Blake. But you'd get that way, being the Washington Post senior political reporter. A a terrific job, really great coverage, Alan, and we sure appreciate the time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Good to talk to you. Thanks. That uh, that Jen is not only a great reporter; he's got a great sense of humor. Yeah,
0: okay so, okay. so the legal damage seems to me like it's off the table. Do, do you know the John Edwards story? He ran for president in two thousand, whatever it was. He was the favorite at one point, and 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 he he got he knocked up a, a chick and put her in a house and everything like that while he had with campaign contributions financed her entire lifestyle when he was supposed to have this marriage with this woman that everybody loved because she beat cancer and all this different sort of stuff. But anyway, he was running around on her and got a woman pregnant and everything like that. But he was able in court to say, no, I paid her to keep it quiet from my wife. Not to influence the election, so bingo bango? It's not campaign finance problem, and he was off the hook. It's wife
1: finance problem.
0: And and that was more egregious than what Trump did, so I think that's over. It's just a political thing now. Does this damage Trump? And you got a crowd out there that's never going to believe he did anything wrong? You got a crowd that assumed he was cheating on his wife, like me.
1: He lies about his side piece? That's not going to sway any votes. So I don't know. I don't know might tamp down enthusiasm among
0: evangelicals. The guy maybe. with the thing. That come through the guy with the thing. Get him on. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty show.